0: Welcome to the Let's Get Real podcast with Justin and Trisha Davis.
1: Honest conversations about life, love, and leadership.
0: Welcome to season four.
1: Welcome to the Let's Get Real podcast with Justin and Trisha Davis. Guys, I'm so excited about this episode because in just a few minutes, we're going to be joined by our good friends, Dave and Ashley Willis. Dave and Ashley have been friends of ours for over a decade. Um, They've been huge supporters of Trisha and myself and our ministry. They host a very popular Christian podcast called the Naked Marriage Podcast, and it's consistently in the top 10 on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. They have a unique ability to speak honestly and vulnerably about some really difficult marriage topics, and one of those topics is physical intimacy. And over the last few weeks on the Let's Get Real podcast, Trish and I have been having honest conversations about physical intimacy in marriage, and so we're grateful that Dave and Ashley have joined us and are gonna impart wisdom and vulnerability and humor into this topic. And so, if you're listening with some younger ears, it's getting ready to get real, it's getting ready to get honest. It's also might get a little PG 13 here in just a second. And so, I'd encourage you to pop in some AirPods and make this just a personal listen. Uh, especially if you're around some younger listeners or maybe listening at work, that'd be really awkward. Uh, And so we're grateful that you would join us for this conversation and just to have Dave and Ashley as a part of it as well. Before we dive in, we want to invite you to be our guests for the Refinest Weekend Experience, May 3rd through the 5th in Nashville, Tennessee. You guys, we are pulling out all of the stops to create an environment for you to transform your heart and the heart of your marriage. We're going to be hosting this event the virgin hotel on music row in downtown nashville it's an unbelievable hotel Uh, it's going to be all inclusive so two nights lodging is included your meals are included we have secured a professional photographer to do photo sessions for each couple individually throughout the weekend Uh, you're going to have opportunity to see the city you're going to have an opportunity to have meals with us it's going to be an all-inclusive immersive marriage-intensive weekend. We can't wait to host you. The first six couples that register are going to get a free coaching session with Trish and myself for an hour. Uh, we have two of those left. We limit the amount of couples that can attend this weekend intentionally so that we can spend time with each couple. And so for more information about the Refine Us weekend experience and to register, you can go to refineus.org slash weekend. And we can't wait to host you May 3rd through the 5th in downtown Nashville. Guys, without any further delay, welcome to this episode of the Let's Get Real podcast with our friends, Dave and Ashley Willis.
2: Well,
0: everybody, welcome to the Let's Get Real podcast. We are so excited about our guests today, Dave and Ashley Willis, who I'm telling you, we said this before we got on here. I just I'm always laughing when I'm with you guys. And we laugh about the good things and the bad things. Like we just sometimes we laugh instead of crying. But uh, for those who may not be familiar with you, share a little bit about who you are, your family, all that great stuff. Sure. Do you want
2: to share, sweetie?
3: Yeah. Well, we are huge fans of Justin and Tricia Davis. Yes. (laughs) We're the... Fan club presidents, Augusta Georgia chapter. <laughs> we love you guys. Um, we have been married for 22 years. Uh 22 and a half, I guess. Yes. Going, and then we've got four boys ranging in age from eight to eighteen from elementary school through freshman in college. Um, we are part of the team at Exo Marriage, which is a marriage ministry. We've been doing marriage ministry for about a decade, and um been a, a pastor as well. And uh Right. Ashley is in a master's of biblical counseling program. So she's, I'm almost
2: done. She's so based, close. She's
3: just an overachiever. <laughs> like she, she'll get so big. Like there's no time left. And she's like, I think I'm going to take on a master's program or <laughs> learn origami or, I mean, she just is constantly <laughs> taking on new stuff. Hey, okay,
2: You got to keep the mind sharp. You she know? is
3: the yeah smartest, <laughs> hardest working person. The I know. Smartest one, you know. And yeah. And, and I'm getting colonoscopy today. Hey, so I just want everybody bit, to know.
2: He's a little bit, uh, I don't know. You haven't had any food for over
3: 24 hours. I, well, no, and I haven't been able to even drink liquid since nine this since morning. Since so, oh. wow. but,
2: but he's here, and he's-
0: It's, it's commitment. And, we, and I'm we feel honored because honored and not surprised at all that yeah. you would show up here and tell us, hey, I'm going to leave this interview for a colonoscopy. Well, so,
3: it's a also oh, service announcement. Hey, guys, you know, it's- once you hit forty-five, happy birthday! It's time. Yeah. It is yeah. time.
1: Yeah. This isn't in our our uh planned questions, but have you guys done any enneagram work? Do you know what your enneagram numbers are?
3: We do. We're both. We're both sevens.
2: sevens.
1: I I could. I knew Dave was a seven. I just didn't, didn't know. I had to. I had. You know, you're not supposed to project or you know diagnose people.
0: We've ever met two sevens married before. It
3: doesn't exist. It doesn't we're like a couple of unicorns. It will basically, we're, we're really? it's like, it's like ADD on crack because.
2: <laughs> no, we're the only people in all of XO marriage. There's like 30 employees. We're the only sevens of them. And we're married
3: entire, to each other. Yeah. Our
2: entire uh, group. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we, we thought you guys were sevens. So. I yeah, bet you guys yeah. get
0: invited to every single meeting because they're like, we need some of that seven joy going
2: on in this Bring the party. Meeting. Yeah, I love we, it. We like to have a good time. That's for sure.
3: Yeah. Yeah, That's but awesome how, like, even as a seven, is is gets a lot done. Well, it's a close second yeah. for
2: mine. So, yeah. What about you guys? What are you on the Enneagram?
1: <laughs> well, I'm an eight.
2: Okay. I'm yeah. a three.
0: So oh. we are the power couple. Yes. yes. Yeah. When we are really good, we are the power couple. And according to the Enneagram, when we are not good, we are toxic. There is no middle ground <laughs> with eights and threes married. We are yeah. all in.
1: Or all out. We we had a life plan last summer and the guy that was doing our life plan after we kind of like went through this whole process, he's like, I got some really good news and some really (laughs) kind of a stern warning for you. And uh, he's like, when you guys are healthy, you are really amazing. And when you're not healthy you can do a lot of damage to one another. And I'm like, dude, we've been married for 20 at that time, 27 years. We know this. All right. Yeah. I think you're, 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 you're verbalizing what we've lived out for the last 26 years. But um, yeah. So I, I, I assumed that at least one of you was a seven, uh, but it doesn't surprise you. We
0: are going to have to have you guys back on the podcast, not because you have like all the time in the world. Right. But like, I think that, that would be a fascinating conversation yeah. to talk about your yeah. Enneagram, but we'll, we'll stay on topic yeah, we'll for it. Our questions today.
1: So when, we, when I met you, Dave, um, I, obviously I, I met Ashley later on, but I met you because we were doing a marriage event at Stevens Creek uh, in Augusta. That's right, and yeah. And you were the yeah. associate pastor there at the time, maybe a teaching pastor. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you reached out to me and just kind of introduced yourself. And at the time, I think this is right, I think you had the Twitter username marriage. Well, it was Facebook. Facebook. So okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was- and, and so I think marriage was just really, this is like 10 years ago. Yeah. And um, we were actually, I remember that, I remember this so well. We were actually in a van driving to Augusta and I'm talking to you on the phone. And at that time, you just really started getting passionate about marriage and you, you've been so supportive of us and our ministry. But how did you kind of go from this pastoral call to, this passionate, you know, investment and kind of redirecting your whole ministry around the idea of marriage?
3: Yeah, it's a great, great question. And I, I, you guys have been an inspiration from early on your, your testimony, as your listeners know, I mean, you guys are are changing so many lives. So, so thank you for, for being trailblazers in this space. Um, Well, I, I didn't really see it as a separate calling of like pastor and then marriage ministry, but being a pastor, Ashley and I were both just seeing in our church and all around us in our community that marriages were hurting all over. It seemed like that every every prayer request, every um, counseling request, it, it all was directly or indirectly tied to people's marriages. And I just thought, man, like this is a crisis. I, I wish we could do more to, to help. I mean, here in this church and outside this church. And that's really what started the, the Facebook page is just wanting to start somewhere and not having any money. So like, that's the one thing we could do for free at the time. (laughs) So that was, you know, sometimes limitations, you know, kind of bring things into focus. So I'm like, all right, what can we do for free? And Facebook at the time was it. And so that started to grow. And as as that grew, people started writing us um, from all over and and letting us know what was happening in their marriage. And Well,
2: and it really wasn't us. It was an anonymous marriage page. Like there was no, our friends knew that like Dave had started the page, but you didn't have your name on it. I didn't have my name on it. I didn't really join in until probably like a year or two in. Cause we were having babies. Oh yeah. She
3: was, was she was plenty busy doing, doing the real work the the you know, with the little ones and. But, but God like were...
1: poured fuel on it. Right. I mean, it just kind of, it just kind of took off. There was just this, yeah. Before, you you know, you weren't buying ads. It was like yeah. this organic God thing. I felt like of just kind of like, God's like, okay, you're going to step into this. I'm going to open the doors wide open. Yeah
3: yeah and it wasn't at, at first it at first it was like I'd post something and like my mom would like it and like <laughs> uh, you know thanks mom. There, there just wasn't yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like i op- i started it and then it just it blew up but about a year in um we we did one post and it was about just hey be careful with with opposite sex friendships because a lot of affairs can can start this way when when boundaries are crossed, and just be careful with those you need to have clear boundaries with opposite sex friendships. I didn't think that was like a controversial idea, but people started arguing about it, it <laughs> in the comments, which yeah. which like made it keep, you know, getting a uh, push, pushed up in the algorithm or whatever. And, and all, it brought all this attention to the page. And then after that, um, almost everything we posted there for the next few months really, really had that momentum. And God just gave us a season of, of unexpected favor to, to grow, grow it, and And all the while, I think he was kind of growing us with it in terms of growing our passion for marriage um mm-hmm. our understanding as people were you know were writing us and letting us know what they were really going through yeah um and so it kind of became on the job training too um and and then little by little, he has just kind of kept opening those doors and making it clear that like hey this is this is a huge need, this is something I've gifted and called you both to do, and this is um it's 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 an extension of what we were already doing, you know we were already in ministry, but this is right. just a new focus and we We love getting to do it i mean it's uh we love getting to work together, you guys know what that's like and mm-hmm. um and it's so meaningful to think you know god if you you can use us to to strengthen people's faith and and help kids stay with their parents and help um you know help couples stay together and that's uh it's a gift to just be a small part of that
0: I love that. Ashley, I'm interested in, I always call them like the decades. Like when you think of your life in decades where we were 10 years ago, our house was booming with kids, you know, in four different or three different seasons. We had kids at three different schools and I'm like crazy. Now, 10 years later, you know, our oldest is married and been married for 5 years. It's it's really insane. Wow. Yeah. When I think about kind of your family dynamic of 10 years ago into where you are today, just hearing you're back in school, what has been your passion, you know, between, you know, mom life, you're in school and then joining into this marriage ministry. Um I know you speak alongside Dave. So how has that journey been for you both in passion and in giftings?
2: Yeah. You know, it's been interesting. Dave and I started off, uh, in ministry, like the very first kind of thing we did together as a married couple was youth ministry. And so we weren't necessarily speaking from the stage together in youth ministry. And in fact, we were volunteers at first. I mean, that was really our first kind of volunteer experience. And it just really, that grew us. And, um, it was actually one of the youth that during one of our conversations about relationships, they, um, raised their hand and they said, um, I really want to have a marriage like Dave and Ashley. And at that moment, I mean, here we are early twenties thinking we're botching, like in the midst, the youth did not realize all of the turmoil we were in the midst of. Like I was in the midst of anxiety and depression. We had terrible in-law stuff going on. Uh, Dave's porn addiction had just been revealed and we were dealing with all this stuff. But somehow in the midst of all that, these youth, we didn't even realize, I mean, I know this sounds naive, but Dave and I did not even think that they were looking at us that way. Did we, honey? It just Mm -hmm. wasn't. On our radar, but I feel like that was God in the midst of a very rough season, um, a lot of spiritual warfare, a lot of stuff that was of our own doing that we're dealing with. It was like a little God wink, saying like, you know, keep this in mind. You know, you do serve an exa- as an example. Keep fighting the good fight. And kind of fast forward, we end up having kids, and we um, end up doing a big move. And I get a lot of counseling, and Dave and I both get a lot of counseling. He recovers from the porn addiction, and we start setting the boundaries with in-laws. And um, at that time I was at home. And then in the midst of that, you know, Dave is a pastor and I'm still helping alongside him in a an unofficial capacity. But he started the marriage page. And at that time I had gone back into the workforce as a teacher because I'm a trained teacher as well for teaching middle school. And um, I remember- Bless you. What, what you say? Yeah, bless you. So yeah. much blessing. Um, bless you. Yeah, what's so interesting she, is middle school was like the worst time for my, like, childhood years. It was just the worst time for me. And it's funny how sometimes God will call you to the very thing to like, make it less horrible for other people. And I feel like that's why I went into middle grades education. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I, I, you know, I love, I love that time because it's so formative and it's a, such a pivotal time. But during that time, that's when he started the marriage page. And then uh, people started reaching out to you and saying, um, we know this is all from a husband's perspective, but we want to hear from your wife. Can we hear from your wife? And I had, um, because I was teaching, you know, I did have, even though I was doing all my teaching stuff, I had a little time during my planning to sometimes do a blog. And so we started blogging and that's kind of how I entered the picture is I started blogging and then uh, ended up getting pregnant with our fourth child, took a year off, maybe two years off, staying at home and wasn't teaching. And then during that time from home, I was able to to take more, you know, take part in blogging. And then we got invited to speak and it kind of was birthed out of that. And, uh, and then more and more, you know, it's funny how you talked about how was this transition like for you, you know, uh, doing teaching about marriage from stage is not that different as far as the, the kind of equipping that you have for teaching kids. It's not that different. I mean, you're talking about different things, but it's it's not that huge of a transition i think the biggest thing for me though was dave was ahead of the game from me as far as he had been a preacher for years you know i i had not taught as long as he had been preaching and i really had um a lot of insecurity a lot of insecurity getting up there with him i i had a lot of a uh, i feel i feel like it was kind of some digs from the enemy of like what are you doing up here? You're just, you know, you're taken away from Dave. Like he's the one who's supposed to be doing like all this stuff. I was really,
3: even she's always from early, from childhood was gifted to, to speak. I mean, God's put this in her. And so this, this isn't something that was like shoehorned in. I mean, she, she was made for this, but, but it was just kind of like convincing her that,
2: yeah, that yeah.
3: she was it made for a this bit. because yeah, that the early years um, she was, you were battling that insecurity, which I hated. Cause I just, I mean, I knew yeah. how amazing you were. I and
0: totally how- relate to that. Like, I yeah, that's I that's- always that. say that Justin was like the Michael Jordan of speaking because he's a phenomenal communicator. And I never even got asked to play basketball on the playground. <laughs>
1: like, what <laughs> am I doing right now? When we first started sharing our testimony, you know, it was relative, not easy, but it was, it was kind of, it was your story, right? So you don't, yeah, you're right. not really, you don't feel the pressure of instruction and transformation because you're just like, I'm just going to share my story. and so. We started doing that together. And then after probably about a year, we got asked to do our very first marriage conference. And I'm like, yeah, we'll do that. And Trisha's like, what? We've never done that before. <laughs> I'm like, well, we got nine months to come up with the content. And so we started work on this content together. And you guys, you guys will appreciate this. We get to this retreat center. We charged $400 for the whole weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because uh, we didn't know what to charge. So, you know, we're like, Hey, we'll do it for 400 bucks. So we get to this retreat center. We have seven sessions
2: <laughs> Wow!
1: and wow. we, they, we walk in, they have KY jelly on the tables. They have candlelight. They have uh, a chocolate fountain. They have Super romantic. Uh, rose, rose petals sprinkled yeah. everywhere. There's, Italian uh, Italian dinner that's catered, and via like a violin player that's wow. playing during dinner. Then we get up and share our testimony at the very first session. And yeah. I don't think anyone had sex the entire weekend. I mean, it was so happy, it was so yeah. unromantic. They immediately turned the chocolate fountain off. Like, yeah, <laughs>
3: <laughs> my goodness,
1: <laughs> like paralyzed in the like right before we go up. She's like paralyzed on the floor of the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Going, I don't think I can do this. You know, and and just seeing you know how God has used her um, in, in our ministry, and, and yeah, I would I would you know say she's a better communicator than me at this point, um, yeah. just because of how gifted that she was. And so I'm I'm looking back on that, and he, kind of hearing your perspective, Ashley, it's like, man, I'm so grateful that both of you said yes because of the the lives and the marriages that have have been impacted because you guys you know were able to fight through that insecurity.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so glad for you too, because you guys are so powerful together. I mean, such a powerful um, couple, you know, obviously separately and together, but I feel like there's even more power when a couple can come together and share their testimony and also teach on these things. So it is real. The struggle is real. I mean, I am a big believer that you, you know, when you are stepping into that calling that clearly God has called you to, there is resistance. Like there's that instant resistance, whether it comes in the form of insecurity Um, or just, you know, fighting even, you know, like, and we're not necessarily big, like fighters per se, but ours, it's usually like, um, just this undercurrent of frustration. And, um, and then we'll have just that little bit of, uh, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, we'll have that pop up every now and then. And it's like, we have to remember, okay, we're called to this. This is par for the course. We can, you know, God's going to carry us through, but I would say in time, the more, the more we, you know, would speak together, the more comfortable, would become with it uh, and, uh, and just feel really called to it. But it's been, it's been such a, a neat journey, not one that like we ever saw ever. Did you, sweetie? I mean, I never thought.
3: No, this, I mean, when I thought I grew up thinking marriage ministry, I thought you had to be James Dobson. Like I thought, and I'm like, well, I'm not that, you know, I'm, but it just, how God's just so good at letting us be ourselves. When he calls us to something, it's, it's to help us step into who. Who we already are, right? You yeah, know, who he's created us to be. It's that we don't have to, we don't have to be somebody else. I think about like when David was going to fight Goliath, and King Saul was like, "Well, if you're going to do it, you got to wear my armor. You got to do it like I would do it. You got to, you know, dress like me, fight like me, look like me." And David tried, and he's like, "Ah, he's like this doesn't fit me right. It, it's uncomfortable. It's like I, I throw rocks. I'm just going to stick with that." And. <laughs> It's when yeah. God calls us to something, I think all of us will look ahead to to people we admire and think, "Man, I I got to I got to do it like they do it. I got to look like them, talk like them, dress like them." And then it it's not natural. Uh, but God calls us to be authentic and yeah. Once we realized we could be ourselves uh mm-hmm. and and we could we could step into this and we needed to keep growing, of course, and keep learning, but we could do it as ourselves. We didn't have to be someone else. Um it was just so freeing and and I think for all of us, for all you guys listening, you know, God has a calling yeah. for you and you don't have to become some something you're not to do it. You know, you can do it with that beautiful God-given personality that he gave to you.
2: It's so true. And I want to say this, too. And I know you guys, you guys are raw and real. And, um, you know, like, like Dave said, you're trailblazers in that way. But sadly, I mean, I I think that um, and I do think the tide is turning and there's much more conversations that are real and people in the marriage space that are being real, which I I love because it takes and gosh, we need many more. You know, there's many more. There's such a huge need. But uh, I remember one time uh, kind of in the earlier days, we got invited. I mean, it wasn't early, early days, maybe the mid mid time we get invited to do a retreat. And I remember. Our first session, you were talking about sharing your testimony. We feel the same way. We feel like we need to on that first night, may, even if it's not the first session, but during at some point during that night, we have to be real about what we've been through and what God's done with us, but how we're not perfect and how we've been through trials to to just uh, to show these people, you know, to share who they're hearing from and kind of the journey that God's taken us on. And we've always always felt like people are much more inclined to lean in when they know you've been there, like you've seen some stuff that you're not this perfect marriage, that you've had stuff you've had to overcome. And I remember we shared it and we had one of the pastor's wife who we did not know. We didn't, I'm I'm not even sure how we, what the connection was there, but um, the pastor's wife came out to us and she said, you know, our group, they don't really need to go talk about things like pornography. And um, I, I appreciate your testimony, but we just don't really deal with those kind of things here. And Dave and Whoa. I were really taken back. Yes, and it wasn't just the point; it was like really, like keep it or light.
3: Anything, yeah. Keep she, it light. She was like, basically, and for in her mind, it was like everybody here is it, has a has an okay marriage. There, everybody's yeah. good. We're really just here to to like have have fun and and stuff. And I and we were like, well, oh, okay. I said, well, let's do this. Like, let's um, let's let people anonymously write questions about yeah. this kind of stuff that they want want to talk about. Brilliant. And, uh, and we'll go, yes. we'll go from there. That way it's coming like from the group. It's and, what
2: they want to talk about.
3: And we started reading those questions and you this, this lady's it. face just like went, went white, white. to like the, the level of what people actually want to talk about. The first one was, um, you know, our, you know, our teenage son says he's gay and you know, we're, we're trying to figure out how to navigate that one. Next one is like, you know, it's about sex. It's about We've been
2: through infidelity.
3: Yeah. I mean, um, all of these like real things that people yeah. were desperate to talk about.
2: Yeah.
3: And, mm. um,
2: I mean, everything you guys can think of that is a major, you know, thing that people have to overcome in marriage, that whole audience had been through that and more. And I, and and so we ended up talking about it and the next day, we still, we ended up unpacking all those things and she, I could tell she was like, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't know, but it just, it just proved to us again, to your point of, you know, Dave always says he feels like one of our callings is to talk about the awkward and, um, even sometimes yeah. in front of our own parents, like that's really an interesting day when you're sharing your <laughs> of to yeah. mom, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, but like, I, I still feel like even though it's not comfortable that, you know, I, I, I think not, I, not that I'd want to go against, like we were going to honor her no matter what, but I think giving the questions, it was kind of an eye opening thing, even to some of these mm. pastors don't know what their congregations are going through. Yeah. And, um, and we feel like if we haven't, come and talk about, I know you, you all feel the same way. If we haven't gone there and talked about real stuff, then we haven't done what God's called us to do. I mean, what's the point,
0: you
1: know? Right.
2: I think, you know, in that lane,
0: there's, there's so many directions we could go in this. And I I think one of them, if we have time, I'd love to come back to, but I think in all of these areas that we talk about, whether it's an addiction, whether it's um, struggles with uh, sexual intimacy, whether it's finances, all all of these topics get, you know, like they are major issues, but the overarching issue in all of them is communication. Yes. in yes. the way that you guys have, I mean, that's the question I want to ask, but I think we probably have to move on. But like the communication that you guys had to have to steward each other's gifts, to honor your season and capacity from where you were 10 years ago. I think the person listening who is, you know, married and trying to navigate, like, how do you, what does that mean to be authentic in those conversations? Like, where do you start? Because usually what it, those authentic conversations happen through arguments, like that's when we bring all the stuff and it's usually not really healthy. And so what we talk about, I mean, fighting fair is healthy, but oftentimes the unhealth comes out, you know, in that. And we talk a lot about like my way, your way and our way. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like that's what you guys have really mastered of recognizing what is okay to be my way or their way, but what needs to be our way. And you said that, Dave, like there's this path that we have. What are some like practical encouragement you would give to someone listening going, I don't even know what that means or like where would I even start when kind of a lot of areas feel like
2: they're off the rails right now? Yeah. I love that question. You want to go? You you go ahead, sweetie. Communication is key. We we say the same thing. It always, I mean, I would say 99.9% of the time it's a communication issue. Yeah, Pretty much yeah. every it, issue. Yeah.
3: Well, one of our big blind spots when we first got married was that we thought communication would just be natural Yeah. because we thought, well, we know how to communicate. I mean, we can talk, we can talk to people in front of people, whatever this, we got this. People say communication is hard. We got it.
2: Well, the irony right. is, we met and art. We're both. We have bachelor's degrees in communications. Dave has a master's <laughs> in communication.
3: Was, so, like,
2: it was a little prideful. Yeah, yeah. It's ironic because it was a
3: wasted major.
2: It, no, no. I mean, we we actually use it, but we had this little bit of pride. I think because we're like, we've had classes on this. Oh my goodness, yes. you know. But we, we get know. we like kind of ignored that session in our premarital courses because we're like, we know this, and really we found out. Very quickly, that was not the case, right, sweetie? I mean, we really struggled.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were, we, we just didn't know how to communicate with each yeah. other. Like, you know, we we would make assumptions. Uh, you know, Ashley kind of expected me to read her mind a lot, and, yeah. and I had no idea that that's what even she she wanted. <laughs> um i would just read her mind enough to know that she needed you to read her mind right, exactly
2: tell me I was constantly yeah, was like doing my
3: get me like figure it out Jedi what am i thinking trick.
2: i'm terrified
3: oh. all the time i don't
2: no, know I, really, <laughs> I just thought if he really loves me he'll know oh yeah he would right. he yeah. should know too many you know, hallmark well, movies i mean seriously and we just weren't setting each other up to win i think yeah and yeah. so we we came kind of to a crossroads and really it was dave you know thankfully stepping up and saying like listen I feel like I am letting you down all the time. And I don't even know why I feel like I'm failing it. Like I'm, I'm failing the test that you've put before me. And I can tell you don't even know you're putting me through a test. Like mm. we've got to figure this out. Like we've got to be honest wow. with each other. And, uh, and so we did, I mean, like we really, really just decided we're going to, we're going to be completely honest we're going to make sure that there's no secrets. We're not going to assume the other under, no's. Like, right, yeah. we're
3: going to actually say. And we're going to assume the best in yeah. each other. If there's a, a communication gap or, or somebody's said or done something that we feel like, oh, that was kind of hurtful, to instantly believe the best in them, that they didn't want to hurt me. You know, I want to get get to the bottom of this, but I want to just believe the best that, that she wants what I want. We, we, we both want the marriage to thrive and that we're going to be nice to each other. Like, I'm telling you, like 90% of communication in marriage is just a consistent choice to be nice and respectful to each other and not mm, snarky good. and not sarcastic and not passive aggressive, but just genuinely kind and tender hearted. You know, Ephesians 4 32 says, be kind, you know, tender hearted to one another. What would it look like if our words were, were tender to one another, if we were forgiving and we just started trying to to do that daily. And she's easy to be nice to. I mean, for me, I mean, she, cause she's just sweet by nature, but but I could get grumpy, and like I would just not even realize I'd come at home stressed and and still be stressed, and I'd I'd be coming across as grumpy to her, even though I was happy to see her. But I was I was frustrated from s- some other situation, and she would help me to see in a loving way that like it 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 comes across like you're angry or frustrated with me, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not, yeah. you know. But yeah, <laughs> you're <not frustrated>. yeah. <laughs> but her just helping me to see that, like, oh wow, you know that yeah that would be hurtful that that it, I, I'm coming across that way. And so,
2: well, just, and instead of being like, you're a jerk, you're always coming home and just, you're such a jerk to me. Like I would, I would, I would say something like, Hey, is everything okay? Yeah, She believed and the best kind of get out, like, him it, out of it. Like, what do you mean? What, why, why do you not think things are okay? And I'm like, because you yeah. don't seem okay. And then I had to realize this too. There's, and of course we've read books and different things, but um, I, I, I had to realize that his, the way that he processes is going to be different than me. And there's like neuroscience behind this. Men take a little bit more time to process their emotions and the facts at the same time compared to women. Like that's why when you look at two women talking, they're facing each other. And it's like a, gang of, a game of ping pong, whereas men tend to be side by side and, and there's a lot of silence and then maybe some talking. And and so it takes both. We have to be willing to communicate in both ways. And just kind of keeping that in mind, I realized like when I did have an issue with Dave, me like really kind of bombarding him with it and demanding that we deal with it right away was not going to get me anywhere. Instead, I'd say, listen, here's what's on my heart. Can you just think about that? Go on a run, go on a drive, go on a walk, whatever you need. And then let's come back and talk about this. It was much better than me either coming home and just being abrupt about it. Or even I never, I I stopped doing this because he literally hates this like texting him, we need to talk later. Oh no, Literally kiss him that's down. the worst. Like, oh, I'm, yeah, I, I mean, that. it's just the worst. What about what? What
1: are we going to talk about?
2: Like, what is exactly. it?
1: Exactly. Am I in trouble?
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What did I do wrong? Exactly. Exactly. Well,
1: you you guys, you guys use the word naked a lot. Yeah. And uh, I'm grateful that you're both clothed for this interview. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But just, it's just you where you, the camera you, can see.
3: You, oh my goodness. <laughs>
1: I told you, lost you, you, have, you know, the, the naked marriage podcast, you wrote a book called the naked marriage. You, you wrote another book called, you know, naked and healthy, but that word for you guys and the vernacular that, that you have created around that word goes beyond just physical appearance. When, when you think about having a naked marriage or you want to encourage couples to have a naked marriage, talk about what that looks like and why that is so important uh, to really pursue that, that. Concept.
3: Yeah, well, it's it's not our idea, really. I mean, all the good ideas about marriage, God already came up with. And so, the very first picture of married couple that we have is Adam and Eve in the Bible, and Genesis chapter two. It says they were they were naked and unashamed, and and it was this beautiful picture of two people that that could know each other fully, um, not have to hide anything from one another, and and just express intimacy on every level, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and that that was God's idea. That was his design and knowing someone and being fully known like that. And that's still his design for marriage, even though since then, you know, sin entered the picture and now, you know, we, we made a mess of things, but his still original design and goal for all of us is to get back to that place where we can be naked and unashamed with one another, where when you're naked physically, you, you know, you're saying like, these are all of my scars. This is every every everything about me, good and bad. The parts that I like to cover up, and nothing is I'm, nothing is covered before you emotionally and spiritually. It means there are no secrets that I'm ever going to keep from you. Like I want us to have full transparency and intimacy, and and if we'll if we'll have that, then we'll have a naked marriage. And so most of it, like you said, Justin, it isn't really about the physical, even though that part's awesome. And I think couples should prioritize their sex lives, and we talk a lot about that, but real intimacy, it begins on that emotional mental level of saying like, I don't want to hide anything from you. I want, I want you to have full access to my, my mind, my heart, to every part of me. And that's the naked marriage. And then just practically, you know, people remember the word naked. So when you put (laughs) naked, when it's the naked marriage podcast, like people always remember what it's called and, and. So, well, yeah, it's it's, interesting.
0: Like, we talked about communication and then that passage in Genesis chapter 2, verse 25. What's interesting is that then Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 says, and now the serpent. And then he just asked the question, did God really say? Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. it was like the juxtaposition of what marriage should look like of being fully known and fully loved emotionally, spiritually, you know, physically. But what trips us up isn't really those things. It's did God really say? It's the 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 little nipping at each other along the way that becomes, you know, uh, what starts as a little barrier becomes like this chasm. But I think when Justin and I started speaking, like one of the um, promises we made to ourselves is that we would be um, expert listeners. Yes, yeah, like we right. would listen and listen. And so I began asking this question and it did not matter like what the denomination was it didn't matter man it didn't matter what the age socioeconomic like none of it mattered no matter where we were I would ask this question how many of you have a clear and biblical understanding of sexual intimacy and no one raises their hand no one and so although we know that communication is the key this area of like Sexual intimacy, the church doesn't really speak a lot about it. We have um, a culture where nobody knows, even as followers of Jesus, what it is. If you are, you know, 40 ish and up, you grew up in, you know, if you're a Gen Xer, you grew up in the purity culture where we were just told, don't have sex. Yes, and so then, I was, yeah, yeah, don't, do it, don't do it. True love weights. And then you put a ring yeah. on your finger and you're like, what? Like, now all of a sudden it's okay. We were never given the picture of Genesis chapter two, verse 25. right? And so when you talk about, if we could just, you know, kind of close our time together of just talking about like, how has that changed in how you communicate that passage of scripture of being fully known in the area of sexual intimacy? Like you guys said it, it's the, the lack of understanding the dysfunction of culture and like you aim at nothing you're gonna hit it every time right so like for the person that's listening and understands it's like a communication issue but when it comes to physical intimacy what has been some of the the I don't want to say practical because it may not be practical it may be emotional it may be practical I don't know but an encouragement that you would give to the person who is feeling really defeated of like why sex needs to be a part of marriage.
1: Yeah.
2: it's a great question. And we talk about it a lot. We've written a lot about this. We have a whole book called the counterfeit climax, which talks about all those struggles of the counterfeits. I mean, that's, you know, the enemy wants to convince us that like somehow sex was his idea. And I think a lot of us who grew up in purity culture that was perpetuated. And I don't think, I mean, I know that the churches and youth groups we came from that kind of taught us in a purity culture fashion, the intent was good. It was to protect us and to encourage waiting, which is wonderful and beautiful. But I feel like kind of the backlash of it was we had a lot of shame associated with sex, even if we waited, like there was this shame associated Mm -hmm. with it. And I think too, I think it inadvertently drove more people to things like pornography and kind of like, well, by all means, never do it. But you know, if you need to satisfy your own stuff, whatever, kind of like the secret of the church. And so there's so many people from our generation that really have dealt with this men and women. I mean, it's not just a male issue. Mm-hmm. And what I would say, Trisha, kind of to your question is we need to the first, the first step to really seeing sexual intimacy as God has designed it, is to first know that sex is good and is a holy experience for a married couple, that he made it specifically for a married couple. But in order for us to experience the the oneness that he wants us to experience, mind, body, soul, then we have to first get naked in the sense of being honest. And, you know, Dave and I know what it feels like to not be fully naked. You know, we went into our marriage where Dave, you know, I, I kept my own hangups about sex from Dave because I just I, w- I felt really inadequate. I had a lot of questions, you know, and a lot of shame associated with it myself. But then Dave had this secret of pornography that he was just, he didn't want to change how I saw him. And he was afraid that maybe I wouldn't want to be with him if I knew about it. And, and so I ended up finding it and then we had to deal with that. And uh, And I think that once we got it all on the table and like, okay, we're going to just not have any secrets between us. We're going to just put it all out there. there's an intimate, that's scary. That's very scary conversation. It's it's not even just one conversation. The conversations like that are scary, but there's something really intimate about that. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's like kind of pouring all your puzzle pieces on one table and then really allowing God to put them back together as they need to be. And there's something healing about that. And I feel like when we had that happening, which was probably somewhere within the first five years of our marriage, sex looked totally different. It wasn't just this thing that would, that we hoped would be physically, you know, um, satisfying. It was a connection on an emotional level, on a spiritual level. And because it's the shame is out of the way. And I think that so many people haven't talked, you know, to their spouse about not only maybe things that they did that they're ashamed of, but things that were done to them. Um, they haven't talked about the sexual abuse in their past. They haven't talked about, um, things they felt, you know, that they had to do with previous partners and they just didn't know what to do in the moment. And they just have all this shame. And I think that we just, we have to be willing to get honest about it. And sometimes when there's been all this, all these secrets stacking up for years, it requires a counselor. I mean, I think that for for some people, they need to go to a Christian marriage counselor, but even maybe there, there are Christian, um, sex therapists out there. Um, can you name the one that, uh, Wrote the book with Shanti Feldhahn, Dr. Seitzma. Yeah. So, Dr. Michael Seitzma, you can follow him on Instagram. Dr. Seitzma and Shanti Feldhahn wrote an awesome book about, I think it's called The Secrets of Sex. Um, And it talks about all this because I think one of the lies that the enemy wants all of us to believe as Christians is that if anybody knew what you did, what you think about, what you don't do, whatever it is, like what, you know, like whatever it is, if anybody knew, I mean, they would think you're crazy or you wouldn't be. You would be able to go to your church or you wouldn't, you know, this and that, like all these labels. And the truth is, no, we are all we all have stuff we're dealing with. And when we bring it to the light, it has no power over us. And then yeah. God can do his healing okay. work. And so we even tell people, pray for your sex life, something that people don't even think of. It's like God created sex. Yes, He wants so it why to would be good in your marriage. So. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, we specifically prayed about it, especially Somebody driving, years. listening to this right
0: now is like, I'm going I'm to rewind that and yes, I'm, I'm sure. going to call my spouse
1: <laughs> and I oh, should have said is practice. if you have, if you have your kids in your car right now, we
0: will have to preface you're
1: that, that. You're probably. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, but this is, I think I, you know, to your point, I think that's part of why the conversation doesn't happen because of the story you told. People don't know that people are struggling mm-hmm. or we have minimized it to this, like, we can't talk about it. Now obviously it's age appropriate, but like our 10-year-olds are already being introduced to Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like this these are conversations that we talk about in our house like sex doesn't embarrass us. Mhm. And so probably the funniest conversation we've ever had is when we uh wrote our book, you know, 10 years ago, we have an, a whole chapter on sexual intimacy and Our second oldest came down the stairs with our book in hand. He was like a sophomore in high school. And uh, he's like, well, just got done with the sex chapter.
2: Very (laughs) interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh. Thankfully, there were no pictures or illustrations in there. So that's good. So good.
2: You guys, let me tell you, I I don't think we've ever shared this with you. In, In one of your talks or in your book, I don't know if I heard it in your book or in your talk. But um, you talked about this specifically with your kids, because you guys are a little further along in your parenting journey than us. And you talked about, and this is, I'm taking this a little, a little sideways, but you talked about even when it comes to our kids' bodies and them going yeah. through the changes to celebrate it. Like if they notice something to not have shame about getting a new pube or whatever and being like, hey, you, <laughs> like, I remember you saying that. <laughs> and we, we yeah. did that. Like we were like, yeah. he was like, I think I'm getting hair. And I'm like, oh my yeah, gosh, have yeah. was, was awesome. You know? And I, I was like, we follow, we, you we guys will love this,
1: you. that
0: Micah, who, you know, I don't know if we've ever shared that story on the podcast. If we haven't,
1: we share it in our marriage conference and we, yes. I think we yes. might share it in our book.
0: So we'll yes. we'll have to share it in, in context at some point, but it was, it, it was kind of this moment of discovery. And it was a moment that I say that I had to decide if I was going to live in Genesis chapter two, where my child literally felt no shame. Yes. Or if I was going to live in Genesis chapter three, did, did God really say this exactly. was good? Um, he ended up becoming a youth pastor. He just planted a church a couple of weeks ago, oh, but he was so a youth pastor and invited me to talk on, you know, mom and son relationships. And I told that story and we there were
1: like 400 oh. moms and sons in the room. <laughs> and she, she was going to share it. It was beautiful. I was in the back I
0: Okay. So one last question. It's kind of a, it's, it's a heavy question, but I think it's one to embrace um, Dave for the person that is struggling with a sexual addiction and like there's the feeling of shame and being outed and um, maybe even a belief that there is no going back. There's no way that there's healing that can happen if, my spouse found this out about me. Um, what would be your encouragement of like, how, how do you begin that process? As Ashley said, to begin honesty when you know that your honesty has, is probably going to shatter your spouse's heart.
3: Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. That's so hard. Well, I know, I know what that, that prison feels like when you feel stuck in something that you hate Um and, you know, I've heard it described like you know, holding a a hungry wolf by the ears. You know, you hate the situation, but you don't want to let go either. And and I felt stuck like that before, where I hated what I was doing, I hated the self loathing and the cycle and the shame that went with it, and um, and that self you know, just my own willpower alone wouldn't keep me away very long from falling back into it. But I didn't want to do the biblical approach, which is to to confess to get to step out into the light to get accountability and all the things that we need to do to get healing, but what I will tell you is on the other side of it, you know walking through that journey, which yeah it, it was it was messy um but my goodness, life is so much better on the other side and I'm telling you there's nothing there's nothing you could ever do that's so bad that the blood of Jesus wasn't enough to pay for it mm. um, and there is there's no sin that is that's worth it's worth keeping it will only Harm you. It's it's not. There's no such thing as just a little sin or harmless sin. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt others, and you've got to bring it out. You got to deal with the the temporary discomfort that could create permanent healing. Uh, it's kind of like a that pornography is like a tumor growing in your body. You know, it's going to keep growing and growing until you do the work of cutting it out. And cutting it out, it, it is, it's probably going to hurt some, and it's um, it's going to be a little messy. But my goodness then you're going to be free. You're going to be free from it. And yeah. nobody would want a cancerous tumor put back inside of them. And mm. once you're free from porn, um, man, I would never, ever want to go back. I just I just wouldn't. The freedom on the other side is amazing. And I'm so thankful for the the grace and wisdom Ashley showed through that, even though she had been wounded by me. Um, she still lovingly walked with me through that that healing process. And we could talk for hours just on this topic because I know that it's it's nuanced and it's deep, and and there are folks listening right now that are that are stuck there and dealing with just the pain of it, the insecurity that comes from it, whether it's you or your spouse who's had this issue. Um, we have you know like that book Ashley mentioned, the counterfeit climax is a good resource, and we've got we've got podcast episodes and free, resources, free resources that yeah. just dive deep into that. We'll um, put all that
1: in the show notes as well, so people can thank find it.
3: Awesome. Just know you're not alone and you don't have to stay stuck and Jesus wants you free and your marriage will be better once you do get free. And so don't believe the lie. Don't believe mm-hmm. the serpent who tries to tell you that this is who you are, this is all you'll ever be, and that there's no escaping this. Because um Jesus makes all things new and yes. but we've got to do our part to to do the work to get free from it too.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: You guys are awesome.
1: One of the things that I've said a lot is the truth will set you free, but it will make you miserable first but yeah. short-term misery for long-term freedom is a trade worth making yes. you know? yeah, yeah. So, that's so good that's very guys good. thank you so much for being with us this is so rich I can't believe that uh, you know we're, we've been talking for 45 minutes I'm like man I would love to go another 45 but I know Dave has a colonoscopy to get to <laughs> yeah
3: so. I got a hot date coming so
1: <laughs> uh, we love and appreciate you guys so much and just thank you so much for your wisdom and your friendship
3: Likewise, guys, you guys are. Thank you all. You're an inspiration. Thanks for uh, for, for letting us be part of the program and keep up the, the amazing work you're doing.
0: Yes. Thanks. You guys are awesome.
1: Well, guys, thanks so much for joining us for the Let's Get Real podcast. What an incredible episode with Dave and Ashley. Make sure you check out the show notes. You can find links to their Instagram, their marriage ministry, their podcast, just all the resources that they offer couples. Also, join us May 3rd through the 5th, 2024, in Nashville, Tennessee, for the Refine Us weekend experience. It's going to be an incredible weekend. We'd love to have you as our guest. You can go to refineus.org slash weekend for more information. Have a great week.